Hey everybody, welcome to the B and J experiment. We're going to be talking about all kinds of different topics and we're going to be also be discussing um, different aspects of life, fatherhood. Most of all, we're going to be drinking some booze while we do it. Drinking booze and talking shit. So try to tune in. We have two episodes on right now. This will be our third podcast, third or fourth, I think. Um, just like us, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. We haven't got our Facebook page up yet, but we're going to get this shit going. All right, let's start it off right, Josh. Today was my baby shower. Not really a baby shower, but party. I had a party for our first boy. We had two girls having our first boy. Had a huge party. I think you're going to like what I my suggestions are for for him. What are those? Uh, you're just going to have to read them, you know. It's kind Oh, of, you wrote them down and you're not willing to say them out loud. All right. No, they were they were legit legit uh, you know, topics. Well, you know, the points, whatever you whatever you guys had written on those cards, I'm sure sure uh, Serena is going to like them. So there's going to be some takeaways from that. All right. Some life lessons. Well, I'll tell you what. Well, your first suggestion you had for me was, hey, go see Ron Tuckman for your pediatrician because he knows how to circumcise a penis. And you know what? I'm going to do that. I don't know about. I don't know how I feel about a lady doctor circumcising my boy's penis purely for the fact that you know, maybe maybe they would do a good job because they're like, oh, you know, I, I know how I would like a penis to look if, if I, I was know. a girl. I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, they're they're mainly older, you know, so, uh, I mean, I'm not too much older, but I feel like when, when there's blades, blades are uh, flying down there, you know, you should, you should uh, take the side of caution on that. Yeah, you know, I don't think they can really appreciate what they want to uh, circumcise his penis to look or having one themselves because they don't. So I think that's why we're going to go with Tuckman. He knows what he wants his penis to look like. He wants the, you know, he wants a kid to have a nice looking little Johnson. So we're going to go with him. I, and I'll take you up on that suggestion for sure. I think it's a, I think that's a good choice. So we have a leftover keg that we are now drinking of Mother Road Kolsch. Uh, it's one of my one of my favorite beers. Um, let's see. I first of all, I like I like the cans because they come in sixteen ounce cans that are in a pint, and uh, they're pop tops. So the the, the old fashioned pop tops. Um, it's refreshing. It's light. Um, it's a Kolsch style. It's uh, 4.3 ABV, uh, 19 on the IBUs. It's uh, inspired from the Gold Road stretch of Route 66. And of course, anybody who's from Flagstaff knows that Route 66 kind of runs right through Flagstaff. It's, you know, everybody knows that road. I mean, there's not really much I can really talk about it. <clears throat> it's a crisp ale and uh, deep champagne in color. Yields a fresh orchard, uh, like aromas with subtle pear and lemon flavors. At the final curve, you'll discover mild biscuit malt and a dry finish. So it's a good beer when you're outside working, 
um, doing a lot of physical activities or anything like that. Uh, so that's well, and I really like Kolsch because it has this full body flavor, and it's kind of lager-like, lager-ish, except I don't think they they don't cold lager a beat a Kolsch, but they use a different type of. Uh, I'm pretty sure they use a different different type of yeast to make the Kolsch. I think to give it that flavor. And I'm not sure. I'd have to look that up. It's either yeast or they use a different type of... Uh, they, have, they have the special... A lot of the breweries in town, when they want to do that, they really have to order something special um, to make the Kolsch. And so it's very, I would say, seasonal, but it's very once in a while is when they can make it. And I don't know... I think it's a... I just on their website, it just says that it's a year-round beer. Oh. oh, well, yeah. Mother Road makes it year-round, but other places who make Kolsch, that make Kolsch beer, they... It's very like, just depend like when they actually can get the order in for it. Mm. But I don't, you know, yeah, no, no. Mother Road, it's put out in the whole West. I've seen it in when I was in San Diego. I've seen Mother Road Brewery, Kolsch there. Really? So it's pretty. Um, this it's out there. So they, I think they make a lot of it because it's one of their most popular ones. Mm. Still in the the pint cans. Um, I saw it, I see it a lot in bottles, Sixers, but those pint cans or the pop tops, pretty rad. I've got a, cause they come in like, what, four packs? Yeah. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, and I do, uh, <clears throat> when I usually go and get that stuff, I go to, uh, Bieber Liquor Store. Um, they <coughs> recently went through a nice renovation, new ownership. The guy who owned it for... I think like 20 years or something, 25 years or something, finally sold it. And uh, it's pretty nice in there. But I'll tell you this, they do not have any mead in there. So no. don't go there. Yeah, Majestic Marketplace definitely has a good variety of mead and stuff. But they, you know, I go there to get the keg. And they're one of our local, they're kind of like a BevMo or a Total Wines in our town. like a, But a family owned and run business. And... So, uh, yeah, so I would say, oh, I went there and I, I was like, oh, I'm disappointed you guys don't have this Lagunitas watermelon flavor. But, no, not Lagunitas, it's Lining Googles. Lining Googles. They didn't have Lining Googles. They had, what I ended up buying was Lagunitas watermelon. Oh. And the Lagunitas watermelon is a double IPA. It's oh. 10% alcohol. So... Next podcast, we'll be drinking that shit because it was only $10 for a six pack at 10%. It was like, dude, that's a freaking Dang, deal. That's a, a great deal. So, uh, get into a little news here. And I, I want to go nationwide first, but I, I read this uh, thing. It was about a rapist who, yeah, I know, serious shit. Rapist raped a woman. Now he's suing her because <laughs> she gave him AIDS. Oh. <laughs> So wow. he's getting like I think twenty years for raping her, but she might get life for giving him AIDS. No, that's a joke. Because she probably is not going to give. She's it, not going to get life. But that's really happened. So is it kind of like one of those things where she should have disclosed that information to I, him before he began to rape her? I is guarantee, that... if I was a woman and I had AIDS and I was getting raped, I'd probably be like, "Haha, fuck you," like asshole. Yeah. Or I would be like, you know, to stop. The raping, I would say, and I don't know, we're talking about this kind of lightly, but 
it's not a light subject, but we, we have to lighten it up a little bit. I would say, I have AIDS, I have AIDS, I have AIDS. And they probably wouldn't listen if he's a sleazebag like this guy was. So I think this guy got deserve, got what he deserved and he's a little a-hole. So yeah, it's... I think solid work on, you know, if, if uh, women and guarantee that, you know, the new presidential administration will probably try to put something out like, hey, if you're a woman and you have AIDS, you better have it somewhere. You bet a parent, so you when you try a, to get raped, you need to have a tattoo on your lower stomach just to say that. Yeah, and it has to be verified, you know, because if you get raped, you know, you don't disclose it, then you're at fault. Which doesn't that's just kind of boggles my mind. Yeah, it's really stupid. There was a um, really cool local article I'm trying to find about don't phx which stands for phoenix don't phx flg which stands for flagstaff going on recently where um the new city council that's gotten reelected and our new mayor that got real got newly elected are allowing all these big businesses in to kind of destroy our nice little mountain town and um, develop. They try to develop here recently up on a mesa that we live on. They try to de put a big development, and they are developing a lot of big three-story, four-story buildings over here. But um, twelve hundred bed student housing off Milton. Yeah, and they're well, they're trying to put up um, over by Cheshire where the traffic's already bad. So we have one road, the double lane, that goes in and out to our mountain resort to ski and snowboard in the winter. It gets so backed up in traffic. Well, they're trying to put a huge um, apartment complex over there. Are you which kidding is just me? Gonna, yeah, affordable housing is what they're calling it. Do you, this is the thing, is like, they can call it affordable housing, but what's gonna end up happening is the students are just gonna end up moving in, and the people who actually live and work here are s still in the same situation. Yeah, they they're still, still They still can't afford to live here. Absolutely, and that's and that's the story of our life. You know, they build affordable housing, and then somehow students end up going there, and then just creating more and more traffic. And and the part of this article they were saying, and this is we all know this in Flagstaff. It's a fact. You're filling these classes, and it's not happening. You know, you're not getting quality education. You're not getting quality housing. You're not getting quality anything for well, our residents. Well, the thing is, is they're not, just remember, like, universities are not about local communities. They're about getting external students to bring in. Because ultimately, no matter how you want to think about it, it's a business. And and the, the out-of-state tuition is way more than in-state tuition. And that's why you don't see them pushing a lot of local you know you're if you had two students they were exactly the same in every single way except one lived out of state and one lived in state more than likely they're going to pick the student who lives out of state because they're out of state and more than likely they're going to pick the student who is not from flagstaff i'm not sure what you said absolutely not from flagstaff you know so it's just it, it's it's a sad it's a sad truth it's a sad truth and I don't think there's really much we can do about it I don't think I, I really I agree with you I don't think there's much we can do about it um, in AU they don't do much for the town like you said they don't give a shit except for the professors think that they're better than everyone well, um, aren't they 
yeah, well, who knows? But, you know, they get free education. So here's the article anyway, and, and so I don't go on a rant. Today I met a longtime Flagstaff resident and his wife in a supermarket parking lot. The first words out of his mouth is, what is happening to Flagstaff? He and most of his friends have been on the conservative side and have generally been up on pro-growth side of politics in Flagstaff. They probably would have never displayed my old bumper sh sticker, which th this is a common, don't PHX FLG. That's, that's a common bumper sticker in our town. They are now appalled in an extremely rapid pace of development and expansion of Flagstaff. And are probably willing to display and I'm probably willing to display my new sign. FLG is being PHXD. So flag FLG is being Phoenixed, basically is the new um, bumper sticker around town. There are too many there are two primary drivers to our explosive growths. Um, escapees from the heat, congestion, overcrowding from the bleak overdevelopment tragedy that is called Phoenix. Developers have ruined all of the available land in the Valley of the Sun and now look northward to sustain their projects and profits. I don't necessarily agree with that because I've been down North Phoenix. There's a lot to develop in Peoria. There's a lot in North Phoenix that I'm like, I would live here in North Phoenix. I drove, I drove through, um, um, what's that little, the road, um, Joe Max, maybe? Yes. Joe Max? Near Joe Max. You go I knew you were going to. And it's, it's, that's what it's I'm talking about. And empty. And I guess, so what I heard is that it's actually a lot of that land is protected. So they built this road through there, but it's all protected because it's a national, national, like uh, reserve type thing, you know, whether it's plants or animals or whatever, I'm not sure, but it's all, but you know, they're going to develop it a little bit. Well, the thing they're going to do the same thing that is happening in Flagstaff. The federal government is selling land to the local government who is selling it to the highest bidder, <laughs> land developers. You know, and it's bullshit. This protected land, especially in Flagstaff where we have deer, we have city deer now, we have elk, we have you know, we have all kinds of wildlife all around Flagstaff. Those populations are going to significantly drop in the next 10 years if this continues. Because the city's auctioning off this land and they're not opening up any more land to protect. They're getting rid of treed lots. Oh yeah, for sure. Treed lots. To to what? For NAU? For bullshit, dude. To, to add more lower? In so we had um, Walgreens shut down, right? What were they? Walgreens Distribution? That's a big company that employed... One time, it was the largest in the on the West Coast. So, a big another. So that shuts down. That is a employed over a a couple hundred, maybe a thousand plus residents of this town, and my, many of those residents had to move. And then they had they just had another um, big, big, big deal um, shut down, and it was called SCA. SCA oh, just shut tissue down. Tissue factory. If they find it, it's going to be cheaper to, to ship from their other other manufacturers than to ship from where Flagstaff is. So, this third largest, well, I think I think it's the fourth largest uh, employer, fourth or fifth 
Anyways, it's a large employer in Flagstaff, and it's it's leaving again. It's going to leave another empty building, another empty large commercialized building, in <clears throat> dead center in the middle of Flagstaff. So anyway, so we we're losing. It's crazy because we're losing this stuff, and so NAU NAU thinks they can just expand because we're losing all this stuff, and that's how kind of how I feel about it, and. Um, so the rest of the article goes this way, and that's just the rant off of that. NAU has a long has long since ceased to be a community partner, and has become only a growth engine, fueling its own self interest. Any thinking person would ask if the quality of the classroom education has improved with all the growth. Oh, sorry, that was a question. I put it in a statement form. Any um, any thinking person would ask. Has the quality of the classroom education improved with all the growth? Again, being a daily contact with my students, my answer would be a resounding no. And this is a um, this is James Babbitt. This is one of our. This is pretty crazy. This is a big one. James Babbitt's uh, of the Babbitt family, who basically owned this whole town at one point. And they they kind of them and another family battled back and forth for who owned what, but they sell a lot of overpriced shit in town <laughs> but they're you know and they own a big ranch and they do uh sustainable a lot of sustainable things but so and, and then he goes on to stay it is time for phoenix developers the arizona board of regents and the president of nau to realize that sometimes smaller is better so i, I couldn't would, agree with that statement more like the, the last paragraph is very impactful anybody who's pro-growth doesn't matter how long you've lived here if you're pro-growth in flagstaff your pro phoenixing flag i mean that guy making that statement saying oh yeah you know i'm pro growth you're and then rocking that sticker you're that's that doesn't make any sense you're you're counterproductive that's you know, counter that's yeah that's what exactly a lot of flagstaff people are like well let's get some more i mean geez how long have we been bitching about wanting an in and out in this town a lot. or a trader joe's or but what comes but that, to this town? Bullshit. But that's, that's that's like, I mean, I could do with that without In and Out. I could do Trader Joe's, fine. But you know, we got a world market, so or not a world market, uh, Whole, Foods. Whole Foods. I don't agree with a lot of the the mindset of this growth because ultimately, what happens is growth happens, but they don't think about the infrastructure that to support that growth. When you add an extra twenty thousand people over the next five years but yet the roads are exactly the same and the roads still have an issue maintaining the current population and the efficiency of it it sucks you know and then what's going to happen yeah more people are going to take the highway bypass you know more people are going to get in car accidents there's more congestion and they're not doing anything to help you know we still have that the milton congestion it's always going to be well, there Milton and both West and East 66, which all they go, they all go into each other at some point. They, there's not a time of day where they're not congested. I've been going to the gym, which is what, three miles away from our house on the west side of town. I've been going to the gym at 4.30, 5 a.m. in the morning. Oh. Oh. And there's traffic at that point in time. Not a lot. There is traffic though. This is abnormal for Flagstaff. There, there's not a time of day where there's no traffic. Okay, well, I might, I, that might be exaggeration. There might be two hours throughout the day, maybe two to four hours, and that's probably from the hours of 2 a.m. to 
3, 4 a.m. or So that's two hours, actually. So there might be a little bit of time where there's no traffic, but there is traffic consistently throughout the day now and night. That's crazy. It's pretty insane. Um, I just, I, I just, it just makes, it just boggles my mind. And, and you look, I guarantee you look at the city council members and we, we should do, we'll do this maybe next podcast. Let's look at each city council member and the mayor and see what businesses they are invested in, what businesses they own. I guarantee that these developments and things happening are going into their pockets and they're employing their own businesses or their brothers or family members businesses. Oh, for sure. There's no way any Flagstaffian would sign off on this shit unless they were invested in it in some way and were making a buku money off of it. There's no way. And I think we should do our little investigative report next podcast and talk about that. That's I think that's something that would interest me probably in interest a lot of our listeners who have their own local maybe have their own local similar uh, situation in a smaller city um in, in, in any of our flagstaff listeners they might want to know and that's the thing is like you think you th- I, I feel like these people get voted in by people who don't necessarily are constantly here but yet for some reason have a vote and they come in and it's like Oh, they sell them on an idea or one idea and ultimately they end up leaving because Flagstaff is not somewhere where most people stay. And, you know, because we're a tourist town and I feel like there's a lot of similarities, you know, when you start looking at tourist cities is, you know, there's these crazy changes that affect the, the local population but don't and are beneficial to the people who are coming in and out because, you know, yeah... The majority of the the income is based off of travel. I mean, if you remove the university and you remove that the Grand Canyon's not there and you remove that there's a ski resort there, I mean, how much, what would Flagstaff really have to offer? You know, like... If We'd it was, be Winslow. Yeah, I mean, it would be a flat... It's just say, like, take the mountain out, take the Grand Canyon out, take everything out. You don't really have much. You're going to have a lot more issues. Um... But you also have to remain, you have to, they have to, the city council also has to keep the, the identity of Flagstaff and especially the people who have been here a long time. I mean, you can talk to anybody. Um, I talked to a couple of individuals who, um, were here 85 years and yeah. And I was, the first question I asked was, what do you think about all this growth? And they looked at me and they chuckled and they go, well, it's different. You know, of course, when you talk to that generation of people, they're always humble about anything. Um, there was, there's, I feel like Flagstaff went through growth, but it took 10 years. You know, they had 10 year plans for growth, but all of a sudden I feel like the growth has been happening in a two-year span versus a 10-year span you know you're just slamming all this stuff and the, the sad thing is is people don't stay and neither can businesses and they're just gonna fall you know like we have a couple of those the um rehab centers like opening up and it's that's great and all and yeah they'll stay there but again you're at 7,000 feet. It changes a lot of differences in the way you care for people. Like, 
you know, somebody who has lung issues or cardiac issues or anything like that, it changes how long they're going to be here. So is that place going to be the first, the first priority? Is this place going to be a lot? Probably not because they don't live here. Why would you send them to a rehab center and they don't live here when Phoenix, you know what? There's a major airport there. So somebody can fly in and visit their family member. And again, that's a whole another situation where they send you to the closest rehab center. So now we're going to, well, the, the rehab center is going to be, um, it's not going to take this rehab center here is not going to be one that takes the majority of the patients that my group sends out. When we send patients out, they need to go to a, a acute rehab facility. This rehab is going to be a little bit different, so they're not going to take these critically, a little more ill patients well, that we send out. Skilled nursing facility, it's not necessarily going to be. A... So Mountain Valley is coming up here, which is a big rehab, and the skilled nursing facility is really only going to be for very simple things. It's not going to be for like, it's not going to be what we think it is. So it's not really, when you talk about, is it going to really help our community? They're in for kind of a reality check because the skilled nursing facility is actually more of a assisted living yeah. with bungalows. And then the rehab facility that's coming up, that's going to take less acutely ill patients than the ones we send that they can go to, if that makes any sense. So they will take, the acute rehab will take, I think, a good amount of our patients, but the uh, skilled nursing facility is actually more of assisted living and won't take a lot of our patients at all. They probably won't take any, actually, to be honest. So we're, we're kind of in for a, a reality check when it comes to that, I think. And I think traffic, especially up on our Mesa, is going to increase. Again, one access road to everything up here and we have elementary school middle school and high school we have two well we have an elementary school that goes through middle school we have a high school that starts at middle school no no it starts at grade school actually so the high school is a full spectrum thing it starts at like second grade i think or fourth grade where we're gonna have we have the transport center we have a rehab we have a assisted living and then we have bungalows and then we already have an old person home up here anyway yeah so um an old person home i mean elderly sorry senior living community so we already have a lot of stuff and the traffic's just going to get worse and worse i mean you can't even get up here well i think we bitch about the traffic on a previous pod podcast but um oh so here's something interesting that i wanted to bring up for the podcast today um and Hi, it's me again. so this is Real Doctor Lady. I... Um, one of our anesthesiologists posted some cool little videos. Um, Dr. Grua, she is one of our anesthesiologists in Flagstaff. And she posted some good informative videos that's actually good. Um, it talks about universal health care and why it's a good thing. And... I'm Republican, and I, and I say that, but I, I am also, I think of the, I think of what is realistic and what's not. And so I'll try to do this without a lot of sound, but basically, um, we don't want to pay for someone else's health care. No one wants to pay for someone else's, someone else's health care, but no matter what, private insurance or not, you are. It's it's invisible to you. Um, it's expensive. 
as inefficient. Um, it's just not, it's not realistic. A lot of people don't understand healthcare and what happens. You have private insurance or you're on Medicaid or VA insurance. VA insurance is great. That's a universal, what we consider universal healthcare. With um, the VA and Medicaid, or Medicare, I'm sorry. Okay, so let's do it basic. Okay, right now, this is our healthcare system right now. You have a dollar. How much healthcare can a dollar buy you when you're on Blue Cross Blue Shield or any of those private companies like Kaiser or anything like that? The answer is it can buy you 25 cents out of the dollar is what that dollar can buy you. Okay? Um, it might even be less, might be as low as 20%. So you ask, you're asking the question, where does the other 80 cents go or the 80% go? Well, a majority, a fair majority of that goes to the other people who have have the similar insurance who they're trying to cover, and then and then um, about 20% of that or more goes to bonuses, CEO bonuses, and things like that. So you're paying a dollar for healthcare. From that dollar for healthcare, you're getting 20 cents per dollar, basically, essentially. So, what you get out of that, shareholders, CEOs, and other things, they get about 20 to 30% of that money. And the other money that's left over covers the cost of other patients who have diseases or whatever that they need treatment for. Because you're, let's say you're a healthy person, you're getting basically screwed out of, um, 80 cents out of the dollar. Okay, let's flip this over. Universal healthcare. And it would I would say it would model what VA does and what Medi Medicare does. Um, for every dollar, 80 cents goes to you. 20 cents goes to paying for the health insurance, which is employees cost, the CEOs, the shareholders, stakeholders, whatever. And, um, and then a little bit goes to other patients. But um, these are basically what we would consider, you know, the VA has a bad rap, has had a bad rap, but they're really good insurance. And um, you, you might ask yourself, oh, well, I've heard the VA have to wait around you know, to get a doctor appointment or to get to see a specialist. That's actually not very true. Um, all the vets I've talked to, and I've talked to a lot of them, they are very happy with their insurance. They can have better providers. They ha offer all kinds of assistance programs, home health services for free and stuff, you know. And so, you know, you, you, you pay a dollar into that system and only about 5% of it really goes back to pay for other things. You're getting 95, 80 to 95% out of that dollar. So I hope that makes sense. Um, that's basically what Dr. Grua was talking about. And, and it's, it's such a crazy program, but you know, a lot of the physicians I work with other doctors and stuff, they just, you know what, they just, 
they like the it's a capitalist the system we have right now is capitalism at its finest i mean you pay the hospital pays let's say pays pays five dollars for a dressing let's say that pays five dollars for a dressing when you leave the hospital you had paid twenty dollars for that because you're paying for the dressing you're paying a couple dollars over the dressing you're paying a couple dollars for the nurse who put it on or the tech or whoever put it on and you're paying for the doctor who wrote for that order universal health care kind of takes all that out of the equation and um and it kind of says you get well it, you it, get treated for <clears throat> you get treated for what what's causing the problem you know how many times have you seen patients go in they get oh you you're in for this well you have all these other problems too instead of being like hey we're going to treat you for your acute process we're going to send you home you're going to follow up with your doctor and then they're going to treat the rest and i ideally that's the ideal situation but it's it's more like a cut and dry type situation and there's no there's no like you're either going to get it or you're not. It's not like you're always going to get it and, you know, if you refuse, you'll, your insurance is not going to cover it. Well, and that's the, the shitty part. So you come in, you have a bunch of comorbidities, which means you have, let's say you have a lung problem, you have a heart problem, you have a kidney problem. Well, f fuck it, let's throw in you have some problems with your skin. But you're really in there because you have some problems with your skin and you're like, Oh, my cirrhosis is flaring up. Or my uh, psoriasis. I mean, not cirrhosis. Cirrhosis. cirrhosis is liver. My psoriasis is flaring up. Well, they draw a whole panel on you because, shit, you're breathing hard. You have COPD. You have heart problems. Fuck, you're always breathing that way. They, they, they draw a whole panel. And they're like, oh, wow, your uh, BNP is really high. Or your troponin is a little abnormal. And then, then all of a sudden they're like, we need to admit you to the hospital because you have all these issues. You're, you're high, you have a high blood pressure right now. Oh my God, your blood pressure is so high. And you're like, well, I haven't taken my medications yet because I've been here for fucking eight hours. I haven't taken any of my medications. Well, we still should admit you. And, and, and so at that point, you're like, no, I don't think so. You're trying to make your best choices for yourself. They're like... Okay, well, we'll discharge you, but we're going to chart it that you, you refuse and we recommended this. Then your insurance says, no, we're not covering that. Then to cover, to cover the costs of that whole deal, someone else is paying for that. So the insurance isn't covering it, but they still are at a point because someone else, let's say Josh, he's a healthy guy. Well, Shit, he hasn't used his insurance. He does a one once a year appointment. Well, all that money now goes to you. And they're not covering you and you're paying. So you're double paying now because Josh has paid for it. Now you have paid for it because you had to pay out of pocket because they wouldn't cover it. What's the saying? You're, instead of taking from Paul to give to Steve or whatever, it's or John or whatever, it's you're, you're treating Paul... But John's going to help you out a little bit because he's pretty healthy and he takes good, good care of himself. But what's even crazier now is that they're offering incentives for the healthy people because the idea is 1% of the 99% of the population 
they're the ones, the 1%, you know, the whole thing, 1%, you have 1% of the millionaire, billionaires. Well, now it's, you have 1% of the healthcare users utilizing healthcare and What's an for? expense while the rest is paying for that 1%. So it's, it's a whole fucked up system. Like, it's, you, you, the majority is taking care of the few because they keep having problems and they never really address those problems. And then you have, and then once that population, you have the people who make it and survive and live to the next stage of their lives. Now they start having problems and hopefully there's someone there. <laughs> there's the backup people. You know, it's the whole, like, almost like Social Security. I mean, or Medicare or whatever. You know, you want X amount of people to have to spend for these X amount of people. And it's, you're, you're basing this off of all probability and... and, and well, but... The whole point of this discussion for me is that if you have upfront transparent costs of how much things actually cost, and it's not capitalism. So a doctor visit, okay, you're taking an hour out of someone's day. They make such amount of money an hour. Okay, so your visit actually costs, let's say, $10. But they're upcharging you $100 because so-and-so is not going to pay. That's what we're getting at, right? That's how it is now. But if you, if theoretically how it should work, and Everybody what universal health care says, right, everyone should pay the same price because it's all going to equal out in the end because everything is cost. Everything's at cost for health care. Why should health care, which everyone's entitled to, supposedly is what everyone says, all the Democrats say, everyone's entitled to health care, Fine, I'm not going to disagree with that. Everyone's entitled to health care, then everyone should pay in the same amount, and no one should pay any more or extra or anything. And it should all equal out, and then there should be none of this, like, you know, oh, well, the, we're only going to pay the hospital this. We're only going to pay them this. Because the, the, what happens is these health, these hospitals, these health care or the primary care providers, they're upcharging because they know they're only going to get compensated 20% out of the 100% they're charging. And that's, that's fucked up. Because then that, that fucks up with the whole healthcare system. The whole healthcare system is flawed because insurance companies are 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 setting the the rules. Hospitals have to follow the rules that insurance companies, not government insurance companies, not the VA system, not Medicare. They are they are following the the rules that these private insurance companies are setting. How is that right? That's not right. That's why everyone's fucked right now. That's why a dressing change costs you $150 when it should cost you, when materials only cost $10. I totally agree. And I think, that, you know, this is kind of like, I think we talked about this. This is Everybody's trying to get their piece of the pie. I mean, you know, I do the majority of the ordering of medical supplies for the department that I work in. And you can really see, you're like, this small machine piece is aluminum and it definitely doesn't cost $40 but for some reason because it's a medical supply and the same with gas I mean medical gas you know what it's you in the same out, fucking canister as any other they put a couple of extra filters it runs through a filter pass and they certify it and yet now it's like you know $200 a square foot or whatever. I don't know the exact price, but you know, it's, it's just mind boggling. Like everybody's just, it's just like, you know, like you said, a capitalistic mindset where it's just like, we're just going to take as much money from people as possible instead of, 
well, we're all humans. We should all help each other, help each other and take care of each other and give the best care possible within reason. But again, I also have that big emphasis on death is so taboo, you know, Mm -hmm. like people will die. Like you, when you're born, you are, you are shooting for that end, that end day. You are going to die. It's not a matter of if you die, it's a matter of when you die. So if you're not thinking about that, then, and you're not, you don't think that's going to be inevitable, you're, you're fooling yourself. Well, I would like to beg this question. My question is, if we had a flawless, keyword flawless, universal healthcare system, which I, I want to be arrogant and say that I think Josh and I could make one. I would put myself out there and say, I could fucking make one. I'm, I'm probably wrong, but let's just say that we could. If we had a flawless universal healthcare system, which would mean no waiting, you know, I mean, like, you would wait and it would be a reasonable amount of time. It's like trying to get a cleaning at a dentist. You have to wait a couple, like a month or so to get into the dentist. If you have an emergency, obviously you get in right away. But, um, you know, and then then you would you would find the abusers, those people who are abusing the system. Obviously, the people who are like always calling nine one one for bullshit. And then we get a lot of those here in Flagstaff for because of our intoxicant population. But let's just say, okay, that set aside. Let's say we had a flawless system. Would we really need a CEO, CFO? Would we need all these? 12 leader senior leadership members who are making over 12 million dollars a year or uh, together you know that's probably about 12 million dollars or more a year maybe less i might be a little over that maybe they're they're probably making about six hundred six million dollars a year together but would you really need all these crazy a president of a hospital that reports to a board member would you need a vice president would you need all these vps of service all these you probably wouldn't if it was a flawless system because the reason these people are in place, they're all cogs in the wheel. The reason they're in place is to ensure that the organization is going in the right direction to meet all these standards and to, to, to make a profit at the end of it. I mean, they're there to make sure we're making a profit and we're operating correctly. You'd probably only need half, half of those, the management staff. And, you know, that's I think that's what a lot of people don't see is that... You know, healthcare is a business, and we see it as treating patients. So there's this separation between treating patients and and getting paid to run a business. And you know, you have that's why there's specialized classes and, and degrees in healthcare administration. Um, and I, I also feel like it's a fine line. Like you have to want to grow a hospital and move in the right direction and follow a certain specific type of rules and I do agree with what Brett was saying if there was a flawless system you wouldn't necessarily need all these CFOs, CNOs, CMOs, CCHOs you know like all these chiefs, chiefs, chiefs you know at some point you have too many too many chiefs in the in the tents and not enough workers, you know, and that's ultimately, it's not, the coming up with the ideas and direction is one thing, but deploying those things 
comes down to the staff and how much they care about the facility they work under. Because, you know, nurses, PCTs, techs, you know, respiratory therapists, they're the ones who are deploying the ideas of senior and upper management. Um, yeah, you got to move numbers around and stuff, but I feel like the numbers and the experiences talk and speak for themselves versus, you know, projecting and thinking what we're, what and where we should be at. Um, you look at certain facilities that they are operating on a higher level because the people, and that's the same with this Baldridge stuff, is they care about the facility they work at and the facility cares about their employees period there's no oh patients patients come first blah 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 healthcare first no it says brett if you're my employee what do you want where do you see yourself what can i do and i'm your manager what can i do to to achieve your goals and if we're disengaged, we don't care about the facility we work at. Well, going back to the flawless system and eliminating the need for a lot of these positions that kind of keep systems in check, and I would say that you eliminate, let's say, okay, so an, our organization has 12 senior leaders, okay, and they're making, that's a lot of money. You take, you take half of those out and you're hiring, you're able to hire 20, 30, maybe 20, let's say 20. You're able to hire 20, 10 to 20, 10 to 30. Let's just say 10 to 30. I'd have to do the whole marginal, um, I'd have to do, do the whole calculation, but you're probably hiring 10 to 30 nurses, physical therapists, respiratory therapists, Certified nursing assistants, any type of patient care tech, you're you're hiring a lot of these, and then that's going to make patients' outcomes better because they're going to have more focused. You're gonna, you're going to make a lot of things better in that aspect. So you're able to eliminate six of these positions that they're doing an important job now. But if everything was running the way it should be, you shouldn't need those positions, and you could put that money back into the healthcare system back into the community, back into the hospital, or you could just hire really good staff to take care of people. Totally agree. I mean, if ratios were better, theoretically patients would get better care and have better outcomes, decrease length of stays, decrease complications, and we didn't meet our clinical goals, which are complications and things like that. So that's the bottom line. So uh, so that's the healthcare segment for today. We're gonna go ahead and take a break right now and uh, look forward to part two.